My name is Chukmika, Chuks for short. My pioneering spirit is important because it enables me to transcend the limitations of my mind and my heart to evolve into the better version of me where I can love and be with people more. Hey, how you doing? Well, you're listening to the Adoption Arena podcast and my name is Joy Carter. I hope you're having a fantastic day and it's so great to have you with us. Well, this is the final episode of Series 2, The Pioneering Spirit. Oh, it's just been awesome. We've just had some great guests and obviously your comments and your listening has just been fantastic support. So thank you so much. So what we're going to do is I'm going to say a few thank yous and then we I'm going to play you some of the best bits of this series listen the next 10 minutes or so are just going to be rocking so if you haven't listened to all of our guests this is the chance to, to actually do that get the little snippets get into the vibe and then I and then please do go and listen to the full episode so that's how that's going to work. Um, and all the information as to all the episodes are below. So I'm not going to list everyone. So I just wanted to say a really huge thank you to all of our guests. Laura C, Simon Ben, Shafali Chandra and Michael Allen. And of course, everyone who's done the voiceovers as well for us, the Pining Spirit. Listen, you guys have just been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. It's, I just couldn't have done it without you. And also I want to say thank you to all my friends and my family and even my pet Robin. I know it's beginning to sound like an Oscars speech now, isn't it? But it's not. I'm not going to go on for hours. So listen, let's just dive straight in with the very best bits of this series because I don't want you to miss out. And as this is the final episode, it does not have to stop. Oh, no please do join the website. Just go to all the W's, adoptionarena.com and just click the subscribe button to keep really up to date with all the work that we're doing throughout the, well, until series three, but also with our blog and we've got some incredible events and fundraisers coming up. So listen, it's just going to be great. Please do keep telling your friends as well. You can also obviously press, press the RSS feed and just subscribe to the podcast as well. That's really simple. Just get involved as well by listening on the YouTube channel, which will be running throughout the rest of 2022. Of course, we've got some really exciting new ideas coming up there. Adoption Arena on the YouTube channel. So listen, this series may be over, but there's t- absolutely tons of opportunities to engage until we start series three. We'll also be going to be looking at and bringing in some 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 incredible new partnerships and some and sponsors as well for series three. So listen, the technological side of this is just going to go to the next level. So if you would like to you know get in contact with us, if you're interested in sponsoring us or um, sponsoring the next series or collaborating with us in some way again please do not hesitate to get in touch so let's listen my beautiful guest is the highly acclaimed american singer-songwriter and adoptee laura c so let's dive in and have a sneak 
little snippet. And it's only in my research, it's it's only the last, I don't know, 100 years or so that, that music has become entertainment and um, that it has been used for different functions. Usually it's got either a spiritual, ceremonial purpose or a healing purpose. Um, so... I find that fascinating that it had the pendulum swung really far the other way, but now I really see music coming back to uh, its original intention, which is crazy. Absolutely. And we don't have to say, we don't even have to say a word because when we're carrying trauma within us or bitterness or anger or resentment, any of those things, that is an energy. That is a frequency that people can sniff a mile away and we can have smiles on our faces. We can be in total denial. We can not even have ever acknowledged it to ourselves, but it's there and it's not going anywhere. And it's only going to end up in either attracting that same energy to yourself uh, through other relationships and people, or it's going to become sickness. And so, um, cause that energy can't stay, it, it's, it can't stay, um, it's static. It can't stay the same. It has to go somewhere. So, um, so yeah, we want to, we want to really by releasing and getting healing, we release the, that negative experience through energy out of our body. So through music, through encounter, through meditation, there are just a lot of ways that God has shown us and given us that are in scripture, even to release and get healed from and get freedom because we were meant to walk in freedom and to live in freedom. And we can, it's completely possible. We don't have to be bound to the old, but we do have to address the old. We just don't have to be bound to it and under it you know very quickly to end and one thing that God really showed me once when I was in a difficult place was he said um take a lead pencil lead is a waste product a lot of us feel like we are lead we've been thrown away there's no value really in lead apart yes you can write with it but lead is kind of quite cheap it's a heavy not very pretty thing but if you take that piece of lead you put it in the ground and you put it under a thousand degrees centigrade for a considerable amount of time you get a diamond Oh, love it. And then what makes a diamond come to the surface? A, a move, a tectonic platelet movement. We then get an eruption and then that will, and then that forces the ground to open and pushes that uncut diamond to the surface. Now, I like, I know I always felt that I could never see anything good in myself, but pastor at my last church, she, she always said, Joy, you are a diamond because mm-hmm. she could see in me, you know, something of worth. And we always have people in our lives who can see the worth in us and even no one else can see. Because I've never spotted an, an uncut diamond. It's full of soil and wise cutting. You can take a piece of old rock mm. and you can cut it. And the brilliance of all the things we've gone through have become the facets that will okay. show through other people's darkness and lead them the way. Uh, absolutely. That is so beautiful. And, you know, for those of, of you watching that 
that ha- didn't have that one person that saw that in you, the good news is that your father, your heavenly father always did. And he is, his greatest desire is in relationship to be able to show you how he sees you. And that's just the most healing and beautiful thing that you could possibly ever receive or imagine. So I just set your desire. If your desire is for that, set your desire on that. And he will always reward those that are seeking that. Oh, well, I think that's a lovely note to end on. So if people want to get in contact with you or follow your music, how can they find you and, 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 and uh, engage with, with, with your sound? Well, um, you can just even just Google Laura C, L-A-U-R-A C, and then I think some stuff will come up even with that. But if you add the word worship, then everything will come up right away. So, and also for those... Uh, I also have a, an album, a CD available for download called The Gift of Brokenness that uh, is really about recovery. It's actually using the 12-step model, and it was an album I got a download for right after I got sober, and it goes through ev- the 12 steps of recovery with a song, like every song relates to a step. So it starts with the journey of being completely bottomed out and ends with the joy of receiving healing. So that's a really, that album has been just, uh, it's not necessarily a Christian album, but it has been really utilized by a lot of people to experience freedom and healing at least a measure of it through through engaging it so that's called the gift of brokenness and i think it's still on itunes or something so you can just google that yeah absolutely beautiful i mean i i I listened to some of it earlier and i just well i just burst into tears (laughs) it just opened my heart it just it what it just it came into my soul. I think I I text saying it penetrated right into my soul, and I consider myself quite whole. You know, it was like something just got mended in five minutes. I was like, "What on oh, earth is that?" I felt the hairs in the back of my hand all stand up, and I just felt this love just burst out inside of me, and this peace. Wow. Five minutes. So I know your music, and I wasn't expecting that. I I was expecting it well I really appreciate that it's funny because when I really just that was therapy that album was literally as I was recovering I was angry I go through the stages of anger I go through the stages of bitterness and fear and all of it and I was recovering myself and walking through each one of those stages and um what I was blown away is that here I thought I was just documenting my addiction journey and then I begin as it it ended up being uh in the United States it ended up kind of taking off for a little while and I ended up being doing a lot of tv shows and a lot of conferences for the 12-step movement but what blew me away was the people that responded were getting recovery and healing from like cancer from all sorts of trauma from eating disorders from um adoptees that had been trauma they were it was so much wider than i had ever anticipated or expected and so it just proves that 
you know, whatever your story can have massive healing for everyone. So as your story as well, as all of our stories, as we begin to share what we've overcome, then that offers the power of testimony, right? Yeah, that's the crown of overcoming. And, um, and, and when you know something, no, like you said earlier, no one can take that truth away from, what, from you. So There was a comedian, I don't know who it was, he used to take the mickey out of an old TV programme and uh, he'd say, I was... I was born at an early age. No. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, beautiful. I was, born, I was born at an early age. And I spend uh, two hours a day listening to stuff to help me uh, be a better version of myself. Therapists just wanted to explore the past. Coaches wanted to point me towards the future and challenge where I believe what I believe about myself right now so the adoption world is full of people validating one another uh, and I, I find that, that validation just it, 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 it makes the trauma worse well when the situation gets bad enough right or when you have that huge eureka moment that says i need to do something about it you'll do something about it so like i i I follow no brainers at the moment this is one of my new ideas right i if i'm not sure about something i pretty much don't do it i only do things that are no brainers i only do things that are no brainers so what happened was i saw a guy speak at an event and he described how made it all, and I'm talking a mansion with its own lake, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, and the wife and the kids, and it hadn't made him happy. And then wow. he'd, uh, and then he'd lost it all, almost committed committed suicide, and hadn't. And it was like a bit like my story on steroids. So he'd achieved more and it hadn't made him happy. But he'd almost lost. Yeah, he'd achieved And, and he'd lost it all. He'd lost he'd it lost all. He'd lost it all. And he'd realised in losing it all, he'd realised that having it all hadn't made him happy. Does that make yeah, that's that's yeah. complete. That, that's 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 it's so true. I think there's always that sense of going when you have to look at what actually makes you happy. What 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 is life really about? What 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 are you missing? When you look at people who maybe you think have maybe less than you, but actually have more than you in terms of self peace, friendship. You know, just truth, substance. So, what did that do to you meeting that guy? So I, I, it made me it made me question. I'd never been money motivated, but I'd I'd never been motivated towards towards success or motivated towards money. Um, I'd just been terrified about losing it all. So so it, it, it just rang it, it rang for me, and you no, know, this 
this guy, I, I, he has a course, him and his partner have a course. So if you want, people want to check him out, he's called Richard Wilkins and his, his partner is called Elizabeth Ivory, Liz Ivory, and they have something called the Ministry of Inspiration. Um, Liz has a book called um, It's Not Your Fault. And they I went, I went on that, that course and, um, and I discovered who I was. That's beautiful. That's, you know, I, I just love those moments when you feel like you've, you've come out from a very dark place. It's almost like I was saying you're like that big, that, that you know, drilling in. Sometimes you've got to drill through. And that's, one, that's why I call this podcast The Pining Spirit, because as a pioneer, sometimes you've just got to drill through your own rock face, knowing that you will come out in the other side and then a place of then discovering your own truth because you know you can't stay in that place of of pain of strife of 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 trying to fill that void within you with other things and I think there is that drilling and um, if anyone's there in that place I mean so how have you engaged that now and what are you still learning you know where are you now in that in on, on that journey so, so there's um, discovering who we are is, is step one, is, is the end of chapter one. And then, and then the, rest of our, the rest of our story is discovering the nature of that, of, of that identity. So how did, you, how did you start to unpack that? I mean, obviously, you, you, you met this amazing guy, did the course. And then how did you link that with what you're doing today? So I ended up selling, I ended up selling out of the business uh, and having an inspiration to want to help others. Did that in different forms. Tried, I tried that in different forms. And I got really, really frustrated with that because I did a lot of work on kids' happiness that, I tried, did, did a lot of work, did work with 1,600 kids in schools and got very frustrated by the fact that all these schools say that the kids' happiness comes first, but it doesn't. So they weren't really open. Most of them weren't really open to this. I was brought up really honest. So I do what I say I'm going to do. And it, sometimes it gets me into trouble because I'm a little bit too honest. And... But I don't lie. We've got a whole system that's set up. Well, here in the UK, the lies start at the top and the lies perpetuate and by the top. I mean, the prime minister, all the, all the politicians. So I got very frustrated with that. And eventually the stuff that I, so what I did was I took what I'd learned and I, and I turned it into stuff that, that, uh, that changes kids, um, happiness and their understanding of, of the world and immunizes them against bullying and all this great stuff but nobody wanted it I, I mean I'm exaggerating it's not nobody but I was trying to make a living out of making a difference and 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 it was like it was falling on dead ears it's really really frustrating uh, and and then I found a finally I was talking to a mentor one day and she said look Simon you seem to be really, you've been around us a long time. You seem to be struggling with what you're doing for ages. You know, is it, is it time to, to do something different? Uh, and um, she said kind of that. And I, and in, in the, in that instant, I saw that she was spot on in the same way as, as, as my, um, my friend, Sarah, who pointed out 
that I was wrong with my view of my birth mother. This woman, this uh, this woman, challenged me gently and from emp- from a place of empathy, and uh, and that's you know in that instant I realised that I needed to make a difference in the adoption space. And somebody actually somebody had actually said that to me probably six months before, but I, I thought I couldn't see a way to do it, and I let that put me off. And then six months later, I had this insight, and and that's when I started on in in the the adoption space. I started guesting on podcasts, and then decided to. Oh yeah, then another mentor said, "Yes, Simon, um, you guess you like guesting on podcasts. It's time for you to have your own." And I went, "No," and I, I said, "It's too much. It's too much thrash. It's too much effort." Um, and and she said, "Well." No, you just need this, this, and this. You just need Zoom, Zoom, and Simplecast. And that was April, and and I and she challenged me again. See, this is one of the the big things is, I everybody wants to be validated, but validation sometimes just keeps you in the hole. Yeah, validation. Validation. We're looking for validation. Validation. People. It keeps us in the hole. It's kept it, uh, now. I've had a lot of coaches. I've had a lot of people. A lot of coaches and a lot of mentors. Uh, and I've had a lot of. Uh, and I've spoken to a few therapists. Therapists just wanted to explore the past. Coaches wanted to point me towards the future and challenge where I believe what I believe about myself right now. So yeah, we everybody's validating, and and it, it's a, it's the echo chamber, isn't it? So the adoption world is full of people validating one another uh, and i i find that validation just it it, it it makes the trauma worse foster mother was telling me i was adopted but actually i wasn't adopted so i grew up thinking i was but i wasn't and that played out quite a lot of insecurity in my life so it was about not being able to have any answers that's one of the things that I was angry about they didn't help me the experiences the negative experiences of life do not have to define us Um, I do a lot of work with Bernardo's But I guess I think about the care system in the sense that there needs to be, I think, more discussion with care leavers, young care leavers and young adults, using their experience in training and advocacy. Well, I I definitely have a a favourite colour. They are of the purple. Um, colour and magenta Um, and I really really appreciate the deep colours of and vibrant colours of I have to say India I've never been I've lived in many countries but I have to say that India is one of the most vibrant colourful places that I've ever been to and that's what I really really like
I was uh, invited to the 150th anniversary of Bernardo's um, a couple of years ago uh, to the garden party, the Queen's garden party. And um, my husband, uh, you know, he's he, um, sadly he's died now, but he he was still alive then. I went with some other people because I sit on the um, National Council for Old Girls and Boys for Bernardo's, do a lot of work for that, with Bernardo's for that. Um, anyway, we went as a group and we were invited as a group. And it was, uh, it was a really, really lovely time together. And the very fact that um, I'd done, I had, um, been able to do a lot of different things in the 150th year like videos like um uh, telling our stories which is partly what what we do in Bernardo's um about helping old girls and boys about raising money about being an advocate um all of those things came together on that day and we were actually given um red tickets which meant that we could go into the royal tent. Now, there were only so many tickets that were given. And there was uh, several of us from the group that were allowed to do that. And I felt that that was a real honour and a real pinnacle of, of where I'd come from at the very beginning. You know, um, Bernardo's has a has a saying and a sign that's up outside the, the one of the oldest the the first homes that Bernardo's Dr Bernardo's ever had and it says no uh destitute child will ever be turned away and I always remember that that's a legacy I live in the legacy of that uh, you know I was given a chance um through Bernardo's uh, when nobody else wanted me and they didn't turn me away. And that is something that I think about a lot when I'm working with other people. So there is that Bernardo's thing of the honour of being able to go there. But there's also that, that saying sticks with me whenever I'm working with anybody that is struggling uh, with life. They don't have to be adopted. They can have all sorts. Everybody has all sorts of issues. I remember that 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 Bernardo's never turned anybody away they you know worked with them and that's what I feel as though I've tried to achieve just to be accepting of people where they're at who they're at who they are and to try and help them or support them or find a voice find their own voice not my voice not my words but to re- listen to them, it's one of the greatest things that we can do for each other and humanity is to give time to somebody else and to listen. But I think that the story is so much wider than that. I think we'll all have seasons in our lives of adoption stories, as we said, of good things uh, and it's not all negative, but we've got to be able to share both, both, because it makes us who we are today. 
And I sometimes, I know I use this picture, but I say sometimes I'm like uh, one of those brazier. Uh, um, I'm like, um, is it, you know, it's like when they got holes in them and sometimes they got a fire, you know, you warm yourself by them, but they've got these holes. And I said, I sometimes feel like a perforated person with holes that can't be filled. That even through my searching, even finding my my birth family has not been able to fill the holes in me. Actually, nothing has filled those holes because they're supposed to be there. Because the thing about abrasia, which is, is, is not being enclosed, is that it lets out light and it lets out heat. So I see myself, my part of my identity is like one of those braziers where the difficulties of life, the fun things, the the great memories, um, and also the memories that aren't so great, I've been able to work through uh, with many different people and in different ways um, to be able to let that light, let that heat, let that warmth, really, of um, being able to find a way through to gather other people around and they can warm themselves on what are still um, holes in my life, but they don't have to um, be closed off. They're not closed off and there's reasons. It gives out more heat. It gives out something more when you allow people to see the holes. During the first chapters the tears were rolling down my cheek and I realized then that the emotions were coming out of my soul out of my body which I needed to do it was like a poison that was being released whilst it's lovely to have a good adoption it's also good to express the feelings of those where it probably hasn't gone according to plan and yeah and I would say to anybody that's thinking of writing a book do it you know it's not easy you need to pace yourself you need to plan it out you need you don't need to rush it beautiful photograph of a thunderstorm he said it's not what life throws at you that defines you it's how you react to what life throws at you that defines you don't get downhearted by failure sometimes you have to fail in order to win No, I, I think adoption is most important because I think it's really important for every child in the world, irrespective of where they come from, their race, creed or colour, that they should have the comfort of a loving family. It, it is so important, that bond. And if it's done right, not everything works out in life. Of course it doesn't. But, you know, an adoption by people that choose you, you know, it, it's so, so important. And... I think that a lot of children have gone off the rails because they've gone into care where, you know, they're cared for, but not loved as you would be with with a family unit. So, yes, adoption is most important. And I have to say there is more and more coming onto Twitter, whether it's a result of me putting messages on there and me advertising Adoption Arena. I don't know, but I've had tweets from America, tweets from Southern Ireland, for instance. So, yes, I'm strongly in belief, believe that adoption is a very, very good thing. With the situation with your 
um, adoptive mother. Did she ever get any sort of help? Or, or rather, as a child, obviously, when you realised that she was not very well at all mentally, did you have a voice? You know, did, was there anybody that you could complain to about the fact that, yeah, she was abusing you? Not outside of the family, because, I mean, social services and that sort of thing was was not really very prevalent and nobody really knew much about it. And, you know, I daren't do that anyway, because it would have created a lot of ructions. But I did speak to my godfather. I remember he lived around the corner. He was a very educated, knowledgeable man. And he saw things from both sides. And I often remember going around there on a Saturday um, when my mother was in a mood, um, you know, shouting and all that. And I used to literally take myself off around the corner uh, just to unwind and offload. And that was so important. And, and later years, obviously, to girlfriends and obviously to my loving wife. So, yes, but in the earlier days, it was probably just my uh, my godfather. Did anybody else in the family actually realise that you were being abused? Did anybody actually try and stand up for you? My grandmother did because she witnessed the time when my... Well, I won't tell you to tell, say too much on here because I would like people to read the book. But the time she filled up the bath and threatened to drown me, um, my grandmother witnessed that and was hysterical and actually took herself back home to Leicester. So it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's like dealing with trauma. I mean, yeah, let's just jump straight in. With I mean, obviously that trauma, we know that trauma does stay in the body or the memories. We know that that can become very much a big part of you. Have you ever sought any sort of help, you know, even now in later life? Have you actually had any sort of therapy or tried anything? Yes, I have. Apart from writing the book with therapy, and we'll talk about that later. During my period at work, when my mother had died and promised to leave me all her money and et cetera, et cetera, and left it actually to my son and not to myself, I, I got this job where I, was, I had the ability to earn a lot of money for retirement. And it took over my life, worked it. And then when I was had my office at home, you know, it, it took over even more of my life and my family were putting put on the back burner somewhat. So my loving dear wife rang my line manager up and said, you know, Mike needs help. And the company actually paid for me to have 12 sessions with a counsellor. And the first thing when I met her, she said, there is a glass of water, there the tissues, you will be needing them. And I did. But it was so, so helpful. And although it was later in life, in my 50s, it, it really made me cry. And so these pent up feelings came out, which were so, so necessary. If anyone's listening and feels that, that you know, that, old, that whole question of should he get counselling, there's never a right or wrong time apart from when you know it's your time to get help because you can't move on you can't move forward and also sometimes you're going around the same patterns do you ever feel like you're doing the same you're making the same decisions again and again yeah yeah uh, it, it is but I have to say the counselling helped me move forward also I suppose to a degree confirmed that there were loving people around me who wanted to help me and respected me and respected what I was going through and respect is a word that I've I think it's been lost in society so much and uh, just a little respect goes a long way. 
Yeah, and, and and it's so interesting. I think I think the thing about trauma, doesn't it? It shuts you down, doesn't it? You can't see anything good beyond the vision. You look out of the the window, you see everything is dark, and everyone's against you, and there's that fight. And you know, it's, I mean, I was a workaholic and still fighting that in some ways. You know, in, in so much that you always feel like you've got to achieve more, you've always got to do more, you've always got to be the best. But actually. Yes. Yeah. That sense of achievement starts within, doesn't it? You have to actually yeah. Yeah. make peace with yeah. yourself. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, I mean, in my last job, I went through a lot for two years passing exams to be able to carry on the job that I was doing and be licensed to. But I ended up sort of at the top of the company for a year, and it was a terrific sense of achievement, but at what cost sometimes to the family. And that is one of the reasons I actually retired I said, you know, I don't need to earn all this money. We're happy as we are with what I've got. I need to spend some time with my family before I have no family. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because because the whole concept of we know that often there can be a war inside yourself, can't there? Yes, yes. A war to find peace. You know, the, the war to say I'm determined to overcome the wars that I've had in my life, because it has to be dealt with, doesn't it? Otherwise it just sort of lives on. And then everybody else becomes part of that war that you're then fighting. Yeah, Yeah. gnaws away like a cancer. You don't have to be a brilliant academic to be successful. And and success takes itself in many different forms. And you don't have to be a millionaire to be successful. But, and, and so people, many people relate money to success and it's not. It's how you feel within yourself that you've achieved something. And I think that's the message in the book. There's, there's diff, different messages that people read. And it's a book you could read again and think, oh, I wonder what that was. And then, you know, people that have passed reviews to me or commented to me about it say, this is interesting. Well, I think you'll agree that Series 2 has just been fantastic. Thank you again so much for listening to us. It's just been amazing to be able to share this with you and all the guests. Hearing them all together, it just brings a certain a certain something, doesn't it, to understanding this very complex arena of adoption, fostering and care. Well, all that remains for, is for me now to say adieu. And I really look forward to you coming on board and listening to us on Series 3. Now, if you'd like to continue to have your questions answered and support our work, then please do subscribe to our work either here or you can go to our YouTube channel and just click subscribe. We'll be starting a Patreon really soon or subscribe at the website. Lots of different ways to subscribe to us. Now, if you've got a question, anything stirs you, just get in contact. I'll be doing a special question section on the Adoption Arena YouTube channel, so you can just listen to us there. You can also please do follow us, share our work, and um, you know, and, and again, you know, just just keep letting us know your feedback because it's your feedback that really helps us shape the sort of topics and our guests that we want to be having on this channel so just get in contact now if you're thinking of maybe um sponsoring us if you'd like to sponsor our work or partner with us in any way we are very much looking for channel 
sponsorship. So please do have a think about it if you can, or if you know somebody who you think might be interested in sponsoring Adoption Arena in any capacity, please do let us know. We're also going to be doing loads of really exciting events and t- and partnering with some other great projects as well. Right, we're also going to be doing some really exciting events. You might also want to come to one of my comedy shows. Yes, I'm also a stand-up comedian um, and I am doing shows. I'm back on the road again doing corporates. I start in May 2022. So I do inspirational talks, speaking, as well as straightforward, straight-up gigs. So please do get in contact if you'd like to book me for your show or event. I'm doing a show... I actually have a pre-recorded show for Care for the Family. All the information is in the in the box below. Um, and it's called The Funny Thing Is, and it's with brilliant comedians, Paul Carenza and John Archer. Rob Parsons just makes this event happen. So please do just click and get your tickets for May the 19th. Have a fantastic rest of your day, and I really look forward to meeting you and engaging with you again really, really soon. Thank you very much. You take care. Goodbye. And keep the pioneering spirit alive because that's in all of us. It doesn't matter how big or how small. We're all born to be pioneers. We all bring something unique and individual to the human race. And together, we can really make a change to the future. God bless and take care. The pioneering spirit represents to me the original trailblazer, Jesus Christ. 